and that's why I'm probably gonna main Taz in Multiverses. Hi, everybody! Welcome to Under the Bridge! <laughs> what? <laughs> Hi! Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> it's a non-sequitur, Greg, that's the whole point. Yeah, unfair. <laughs> Regardless, this is uh, Under the Bridge, uh, I'm Asia Duckman. I am the Scarlet Troll, a.k.a. Cody. And I am Greg. Oh, yeah, I'm Nick, but that doesn't matter. You are Greg. <laughs> Stuff happened this week. We got lots of movies, <laughs> lots of trailers. One weird-ass movie that two-thirds of the podcast have watched. Not gonna name names, Greg. <laughs> uh, from all I've gathered, I think that me not seeing the movie in question is probably a good thing. <laughs> and then barely any game news, because I am a terrible person. Nah, it's fine. We already got plenty of content. We do, starting right. with... No content. <laughs> yeah, it's an actual absence of content. The Wonder Twins movie for HBO Max has already been canceled. Oh no. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> right? What a tragedy. This is cited as being a result of the Warner Discovery merger. Per The Hollywood Reporter, sources indicate that DC movies are now being made with a theatrical first goal. One source has said that new boss David Zaslav has mandated all HBO Max original movies be made with a budget of $35 million or less. Wonder Twins' budget was reportedly $75 million, which... Jesus. I mean, for a superhero project, that's actually decently conservative. Mm. But strictly from a business standpoint, I can agree with the idea of not spending a huge chunk of money for something that isn't probably going to significantly drive up your subscriber count. Right, yeah. yeah. Honestly, I can't really fault that mindset at all. That being said, I don't think literally anyone cares. I also read that the, it's like one of the shortest lived projects of all time. It, it started development and then it ended development in like three months. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure it can't be one of the shortest. I'm sure these things go in a turnaround literally all the time. Well, that being said, it's a pretty short turnaround. <laughs> oh, definitely. One thing I will say, though, I understand some concerns with this idea because the problem with a theatrical first mandate coming specifically from DC, means probably a lot of focus on IPs that are proven to make money, and less so on IPs that might be considered riskier or might not otherwise see the spotlight. For example, I expect a lot of Batman-adjacent stuff. Mm-hmm. It's Batmania. Yeah. Batmania. And if I'm honest, I'm kind of sick of Batman-adjacent projects at this stage. But... Mm. Oh, well, nothing's saying once they're in a more secure spot, they can't start taking some risks. Gosh knows if they want the same kind of success Marvel has. Eventually, they have to start, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Here's the deal. DC is not doing great right now. I don't know about comic book-wise, because that's not my field. Movie-wise, I mean, the Batman did, did well, relatively well, right, Cody? Yeah, no, the Batman pulled down some good numbers, and the Suicide Squad didn't. But it had a lot working against it. Here's what I have to say, though. Uh, there's kind of a curse going on right now. Two of the big upcoming movies being mired in controversy. It's not looking good for the brand. And I yeah. guarantee you there's going to be a lot of boycott of, of Aquaman 2, even if her role was cut down to like 10 minutes. I guarantee you that's why the execs are like starting to bite their nails and starting to cap certain projects. They're like, okay, yeah, no, a lot of our stars are going batshit insane, we can't, and it's causing so much bad negative publicity that I don't think that either one of those two movies are going to meet ex expectations. You don't understand the, the pull that Johnny Depp has over his audience. So, Fair uh, enough. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what DC does, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be really surprising to see what they do with The Flash, because, you know, that's that's a completed, it's pretty much completed. We're just waiting for it to come out, right? I think they're working on VFX, and that's part of why it got delayed. Mm. Well, regardless, you know, we'll have to see what they do. 
I don't know if he'll ever put a nail in the coffin because Black Adam's going to do probably really well. Because it's The oh, Rock. Because yeah. it's The Rock and the um the Justice Society. Yeah, but realistically speaking, it's going to pull down numbers because of The Rock, not because of the well, Justice Society. I mean, Shazam was still a good time, so there's probably going to be a lot of people who are like, oh, Shaz- this is related to Shazam? Oh, okay, then let's go see it. Well, Shazam oh, yeah. pulled in good numbers because, well... Shazam pulled decent. It didn't do great, but it also didn't do terrible. It kind of had lightning in a bottle. Uh, I think Zachary Quinto kind of throwing his charisma and enthusiasm on all the trailers. Levi. Oh, sorry. Zachary Quinto's (laughs) a different Zachary. I'm sorry. Zachary Quinto (laughs) from Star Trek. I thought the lightning in the bottle phrase was a joke. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that is pretty good, isn't it? (laughs) Let's move on away from DC before I kill myself. Now I've got some Marvel news. Okay. Echo has started production in Atlanta and is confirmed for a 2023 debut on Disney+. Plus. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, uh, she wasn't my favorite part of Hawkeye, and I feel... It's weird, I don't have a problem with... I, I, I trust most of what Marvel puts out and announces, because there's no real reason not to suggest that it won't be at least competent. <clears throat> but it feels kind of weird... That it was so long after WandaVision came out before we got news of the Agatha Harkness spinoff, even though Agatha was easily one of the best parts of WandaVision. But Echo's spinoff got announced before Hawkeye even came out and they even had a chance to gauge fan reaction, so that's a little Oh, okay. Strange. No, when when I found out about the Echo show, I thought it was kind of reminiscing about, about how they did the Punisher show, cause like, ev- or because everyone loved Punisher and Daredevil so much, they are like, oh, let's just do a show well, about Punisher. The plan nope. from the beginning in the, ne- the Netflix one was to have a Punisher show. It was, it was, it, Punisher was, was introduced to Daredevil to start up the, like, like that was the way they oh, introduced okay. him, but I believe the entire, like, they were trying to go for that in the end. So, yeah, hmm. and she she was absolutely fine in the series. I just I didn't think there was anything so out of the park astounding that it warranted greenlighting the spinoff before you even had a chance to gauge audience reaction. That part's just a little weird to me. I mean, they have a plan. I guess the executives kind of are like, okay, well, this character fits pretty pretty significantly into the, what we're trying to do with the series. I guarantee you that they're, they're, they're going to have play off of something with Matt Murdock and the see no evil here, no evil dynamic. Well, funny thing there, we got a cast list, which, you know, doesn't cover the whole thing. Right. The cast list, mm. along with Alakwa Cox returning as Maya Lopez, uh, is listed the show as starring Chask Spencer, Tantu Cardinal, Devery Jacobs, and Cody Lightning, also with Graham Greene and Zon McLarnon. Zon McLaurin presumably reprising his role as Echo's dad, I assume in flashbacks. There isn't actually any mention of Charlie Cox or Vincent D'Onofrio. They're in the show. (laughs) Well, see, I'm not so sure anymore because the other thing they've announced is that a Daredevil show was in the works for Disney+. Plus. Oh, wow, I didn't realize I segued it so well. (laughs) No, it's perfect. Well done. Set me up for that. That was the most perfect segue we've ever had. (laughs) It's very good. But yeah, no, new Daredevil show. Is it officially announced? Not by Marvel, but it is announced by actual trades. So it's happening. It's just one of the... It's the same way we knew that an Agatha spinoff was happening before Marvel presented it. Okay. Mm. Matt Corman and Chris Ord are attached to write and executive produce. The interesting thing is The Hollywood Reporter describes it as the first of the Marvel Netflix shows to get a, quote, new but continued series. Huh, so it's gonna... Okay. 
That's very That's vague. very weird, too, because they completely, like, they haven't really said if Kingpin is canon from the Netflix show or not, or if this is a new interpretation of him. I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna treat the Netflix shows as loosely canon. So I think they're gonna get as many actors as they can back, and they're Please not- Please tell me Foggy comes back. I hope so. I don't hmm. think they're going to directly contradict the Netflix series, but I also don't think they're going to make any direct references. I don't think we're going to hear Fisk say, hey, you remember that time that I had Bullseye dress up as you and frame you for murders? (laughs) I just think they're going to try to get as many of the cast back as possible, but also not directly be like, yes, everything you saw on the Netflix show is canon 100%, because they might still want to save some stuff. I would assume that, yeah, like what you're right, we're probably going to have a lot of the same cast, and probably locations, but other than that, yeah, I can assume that's probably what they mean. I, I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you, Cody. All I ask for out of this is that we get a readaptation of Punisher, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones, because those are my three favorites. Fair. Part of why I think they're gonna do a sort of soft continuation is specifically so they don't have to commit to saying all of the Netflix stuff is canon, in case they want mm. to readapt certain character <laughs> or <laughs> if for oh, whatever sh- reason they can't get some of the actors back. For example, Mike Coulter sounded like he was not really hanging in there for a comeback of Luke Cage when it got cancelled, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's moved on and they might need to get somebody else. John Bernthal really has only expressed interest in resuming The Punisher if they keep it R-rated, which isn't impossible for Disney Plus now that they've moved the Netflix series on there, but it's still, I don't think, necessarily the most likely, so they might have to get somebody else. I want to throw in my Luke Cage as Terry Crews. No. Maybe... No. Maybe ten years ago, but no. What's wrong with Terry Crews? I just don't think he's right for the part now. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things where all the reasons why I love Terry Crews are also kind of the reasons where I don't think like he would he wouldn't be my pick for Luke Cage. Who's your pick for Luke Cage? Um, hmm. I'll give you another one. Uh, Oh, Michael B. Jordan, we can't do because he's no, uh, can't do Michael B. Jordan, can we? No. Why? What's wrong with Michael B. Jordan? He's Killmonger. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, well, I mean, they got... I can never pronounce the man's first name. Mahershala The guy who played um, Yeah, I mean, they brought him back, more or less, because he's going to be Blade. Yeah. So... Where, where was he? He was Cottonmouth in the first season of Luke Cage. Yeah. Oh. It ki- still kind of bugs the shit out of me, but still hey, what can you do? Luke Cage, or Jessica Jones, or Iron Fist, The first or season anything? of Jessica Jones is arguably even better than Daredevil. It's just also very hard to watch from an enjoyment standpoint. Luke Cage has six of the strongest episodes of serialized television I've ever seen in season one, and then the back half takes a fucking nosedive. And Iron Fist is uh, probably a once-per-episode flashback to the same goddamn plane crash, and I never want to see it again. (laughs) The two things I will say about Jessica Jones and Luke Cage is that Jessica Jones is a great time and covers a lot of areas, but the areas it covers are deeply uncomfortable. You're talking about Purple Man, right? Yeah. Yes, okay. and everything that surrounds Ooh, that. Can we get David Tennant back to keep being hallucinations of Purple Man if they bring back Jessica Jones? <laughs> David Tennant, please. That would be a good time. And then with um, Luke Cage, all I can say is that Luke Cage has one of the best uses of a Wu-Tang song I've ever seen in any sh- um, show or, or movie. 
Yeah, I'm really blanking on somebody else for... Yeah, no, I can't really think of anybody off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't either, in all Maybe honesty. Maybe they can get Mike Coulter back, who knows. It's kind of a thing of Mike Coulter is really the only person I could realistically think of, but we'll see. Because everybody else I can think of already has a role. Like, I went to Donald Glover, maybe, if he... If he buffed up, <laughs> that would he's be supposed to be great. he's supposed to be a prowler, right? Yeah, he's he's Aaron yeah. Davis Yeah, he's already. the prowler. Yeah, mm. but yeah. Anyways, we got some confirmations from Kevin Feige. Oh, he has confirmed that Secret Invasion is going to be set during the blip, which makes it the first Marvel project to be set during the five years where half the universe was gone. Huh. Good. That is very much one of those things where it's like. Alright, I understand the importance of before and after the Blit, but I'm very, very, very fascinated about what happened in that five-year time period. Can we get, like, more about that, please? So, happy to hear that personally. The other interesting, interesting. thing about this is that this raises some very big questions about Fury's role in the series. Because we know Samuel L. Jackson is going to be part of Secret Invasion, but the problem there is, as he far would. as we know, he got snapped away. So that means either yeah. the Fury in this series is a scroll, or the Fury we saw get snapped, who had Captain Marvel's pager, is a scroll. Huh. huh. Right? It's one of those, this is going to be really interesting either way. I mm -hmm. honestly think it would be funnier if it turns out that the Nick Fury we saw get snapped was a scroll, and the real Fury is trying to figure out what to do about the scrolls invading while everything else is going to shit. Do you think we're going to get super, super scroll in this? Ooh. <laughs> that feels more like a Fantastic Four thing, personally. Well, yeah, it does. I mean, because a super scroll is their villain, but could they introduce him theoretically at the tail end of the series, and, you know, then it's Reed Richards' problem? I guess it could be a working <laughs> idea that they're experimenting with giving scrolls powers from other people you kind of run right. into the issue that only so many superheroes here have powers so far so it's kind of a question of well how do you mimic it when so many of them are technological some are magic we'll see i guess it's just an idea yeah no definitely i mean i'm i'm always up for some fantastic foreshadowing <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, God. Oh okay. And then <laughs> another Kevin Feige confirmation that I forgot to put on the list I gave you guys, but is just a minor thing. He also confirmed production on Loki Season 2 starts in a few weeks. He also said the entire cast is returning, and God help him if Good. that didn't include the alligator. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. The entire God. cast is returning? That's what he said. Obviously, I don't think they necessarily mean everybody, because, you know, Richard E. Grant's classic Loki is kind of dead, consumed dead, by a monster dead. at the edge of space-time. And that's the most upsetting yeah. thing ever about that series. Yeah. Because I loved classic Loki. At least he got to go out with glorious purpose, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to Loki season two. I enjoyed the first season quite a bit. Yep. And who knows? Maybe they'll just digitally recreate Stephen Gr no, Richard Grant. Ah. Stephen Grant Stephen would be a different show. Holy crap. <laughs> Stephen Grant's a variant. I was trying to make a joke about mm. they're probably going to do the same thing for Stan Lee. Because in gross news, Marvel has signed a 20-year deal with Stan Lee Universe to license Lee's name and likeness for use in, quote, future feature films and television products, as well as Disney theme parks, various experiences, and merchandising. 
okay, I'm glad that you said this is gross. Because when I saw that, I was like, no, this is, like, not cool. So I think this is the thing that Stanley was fearing about for the tail end of his career. There is a lot of very serious allegations of elder abuse uh, from people outside looking in. And I think this might be kind of, in my opinion, like, the gross aspect of it is it feels like this is against his wishes. Although he, he was always very much wanted to uh, be a part of the movies, be a part of the rise, be a part of everything. He's very attached to Marvel. Marvel is attached to him. I don't know how I feel about it. It's not Stan Lee at that point. It's a computer that's trying to be Stan Lee. You know, it's yeah. it's like I mean, I, I I understand archive footage and archive sound clips and sound bites and stuff. That's going to be useful for like documentary purposes or you know I, I don't know extras and DVDs that, that that stuff I'm okay with. It's digitally recreating him just to throw him into as a cameo when you know at this point he's dead. There's nothing to cameo unless. I don't know. It's one of those things where this is going to sound gross, and I acknowledge it because it probably is gross, but I'm going to stand by it. It would be one thing if they had signed this deal directly after Endgame and they could keep the streak going, but we have now had five movies, wait, six movies, with no Stan Lee cameo, just from Marvel Studios alone, followed by, I think, at least a couple of Sony movies with no Stan Lee cameo. So at this point, no, just... It's past. There's no point trying. I'm okay with them using his likeness to, like, sell stuff in the park. You know, maybe have a Stan Lee mug or something like that, or Excelsior or whatever. Like, that's 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 part of licensing. I mean, technically, he wasn't a license himself, but I can understand the company using his likeness to sell product. That, that I don't I don't have a problem with. It's digitally altering him to be put in movies that I have a problem with. I don't have a problem with them using him to sell merch. Yeah. My whole thing with it is just kind of a simple, just let the dead stay dead. It's kind of a thing of, if I'm being completely honest, I would honestly expect Marvel to kind of insert him into the movies. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, to me, it's kind of weak sauce, just because it's like, I don't have a good way of explaining it, but it basically feels like it's kind of weak sauce because they're trying to bank off of that to draw excitement instead of the entire project. And also alongside what you said, Cody, of it, like, you know, the guy's... You know, he's dead. He's been dead for a while. We haven't had him in the movies for a while. We're also in a weird spot of Stan Lee very much seemed to enjoy being a face for Marvel. But again, as you said, Nick, right. it's also hard to tell in the tail end because there was the gross things about, wasn't it? I don't want to throw names around because I, I followed it pretty closely when Just it was... Just use allegedly. I Even then, I don't necessarily want to throw names around, but there were people close to him that were exploiting him allegedly at that point. And yeah, that's where it gets gross. Tell. I'm not sure off the top of my head if any of those people were involved in this deal. Or the company involved. Yeah, so yeah. we'll... For me personally, unless it comes out that it's like Stan Lee signed off in it and was like, yes, I'm cool with this before he passed. To me, it's just a little Yeah. Gross. Well, it, you, you really should look into it. Like, there's some really awful, like, I mean, there is a couple of videos where he was close to his deathbed where he was like making videos accusing people of trying to steal his money and trying to, like, 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 there's some really dark stuff. In I remember there were past. allegations of people stealing his blood. Yeah, that was a thing, too. <laughs> yeah, there is some really dark stuff. In Literal Stanley's, like, fucking like, vampires. Yeah. Do they think that Stanley had the super soldier serum? <laughs> uh, or he, he's going to turn him into Michael Morbius? I don't know. Uh, never say that name. I am mildly upset with myself making that joke. I'm not going to lie. But regardless, like, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like... I don't have a problem with merchandise. Merchandise makes sense. I'm not grossed out by that because, honestly, you know, Stan wouldn't have it any other way. He uses like this all the time. He was Stan the man, you know? 
That was that was his thing. Yep. Even back going back to the seventies and eighties, he used his name and likeness to, to to sell products. Yeah. So I don't think he'd have an issue with that. So collectible cards, collectible tokens, that kind of stuff. I have a problem with them digitally adding him into a movie just to make a joke mm. that doesn't need to be made, yeah. and just let like like you said, Greg, let the dead die. Yeah. I mean, obviously nothing's confirmed, right? But like I said, it if Marvel was to do anything with that, that's what I would. Personally, yeah, expect. we'll see how they handle this. I'm expecting some degree of tastelessness, but maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. Speaking about letting the dead die, Riverdale. It's ending as season seven. Did anybody care? <laughs> if anything, this gives me an excuse to catch up on the show. Yeah, as I say, I've never watched a second I, of. I want to watch it uh, because I heard it's good, but at the same time, season seven seasons of of an Archie Twin Peaks sounds a little too long. Oh no! See, I've watched a bit of it. And it was atrocious, but it was... Oh, really? No, but it was the oh, good really? kind of atrocious. It was the... It's like all... It's 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 a CW show in all the worst vices of it, but because it's Archie, somehow that makes it tolerable. I think it's because nice. the Archie brand is so malleable that you can do just about anything to it and it doesn't feel horrifically out of character that using it for all these awful-feeling soap opera cliches is actually kind of amusing. Granted, I never finished season one, but I've heard it only goes more off the rails from there. So, yeah. <laughs> all I know is Luke Perry was in it playing the dad, and when he died, it was a huge deal. Oof. Because they had to rewrite the character because he was playing Archie's dad. Yep. Yeah. R- rest in peace, Luke Perry, actually. Like, you're a good guy. Word, that was Luke guy. Perry? My god. That Yeah, Luke Perry of uh, 90210 fame. My word. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, I don't have a clever yeah, segue for that. No, there's uh, no <laughs> segue or punchline. <laughs> 20th Century Studios is developing a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen reboot for Hulu. I still need to actually watch the Good movie. movie. I have the movie in, in, in my closet. Boy, I hope they leave out the later parts where Harry Potter is a school shooter. Wait, what? Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, actual Harry Potter? Yeah. Or... Wait, really? I, I think it might have been a case of it's very clearly supposed to be Harry Potter, but they couldn't... Like, call him Harry Potter. Is he a school shooter, or does he ha- go on a spree with his wand? Because it would be really funny if it was just the idea is this Harry Potter I, with an eight like an MR six like a like an M sixteen going into like like Hogwarts blowing people away without magic. Full disclosure, I've it's only like Excelsior. So I don't know the full details. I was making an offhand hmm. joke based on something I heard about this run. That's it. All those other Jesus kids Christ. with their pumps up. Chicks, better run, better run before I cast Expelliarmus. <laughs> it, is this the part where we insert the Harry Potter should have had an M1911 copy pasta? Oh dear. Oh god. I. What? Oh god. Why am I thinking about that? It's no Russian, but it's Harry Potter. It's no. Remember, kids, no Russian. It's just Harry. Oh. It's oh. Harry Potter, Hermione, and fucking Ron. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Remember, guys, no muggle. No, listen, apparently within the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in Volume 3, Harry Potter was composited with Alistair Crowley, Crowley's The Moonchild to be the actual fucking Antichrist. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. I need to read the comic. I need to read the comic now. That's quite honestly the greatest thing I've he ever heard in my life. He kills the entire population of Hogwarts. 
Let's move on. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, let's let's keep let's going. Move on. Let's League keep is going. two. League is cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this with <laughs> bated breath and bated. Oh boy, cautious trepidation. Speaking about somebody who's a master at baiting people. <laughs> Wow, that is a segue. Anyways. That is a hell of a segue. And I say this as somebody who does not have the same burning hatred for Kathleen Kennedy as as a lot of people in my circle. But Kathleen Kennedy has recently said some very stupid shit. Mm. Namely that... Yes, she has. Lucasfilm's primary goal right now is expanding the Star Wars beyond the Skywalker saga, which is not a bad idea. I agree with that. But has expressed that recasting legacy characters was a bad idea. Specifically, she points to not having Harrison Ford play Solo in Solo was a bad idea, instead of doing the deep fake thing that they did with Mark Hamill in The Mandalorian, I guess. Which, no, that's not yeah. the problem with Solo. Honestly, I think Solo was a fine movie, and it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. The problem with Solo is you went overboard on explaining every last minutia of Solo's origin that didn't need to be told, and also that you tried dropping it in May amidst a bunch of competition with not as much advertising because you thought you were going to sell it based on the Star Wars brand alone, which is no longer an option after The Last Jedi got half of your audience really fucking mad. Here's the problem I have with Kathleen Kennedy. She doesn't really care. Like she, she pretends to care about the, the about the about what they're doing with Star Wars, but she is actively becoming a part of like the problem with Star Wars. And I, although I, I personally think that they should just give the reins to somebody else, like I, I just don't think that she deserves to be the helm of. Not saying she doesn't deserve to be an executive at all. I don't know her decisions and actually how she runs the company. I don't understand. I don't know that. I'm just saying she doesn't deserve the the helm the helm the Lucasfilm studio as like at least on the public side. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm I don't know. She she kind of talks out of her I ass. I mean, like she I has right helmed some really <laughs> bad decisions, but on the flip side, she also greenlit Mando. So it can't all be bad. But and you yeah, like no. I said, I am not generally, and this might be because I don't keep up as much on the politics of what goes on at Star Wars because I'm not as invested in Star Wars. I like Star Wars as a concept but I find that usually the content does not match my expectations of what it could be, so for me it's always, it's an arm's length away of, oh, more Star Wars stuff? Yeah, alright, that's cool, I guess. But I'm not yeah. super into it, I didn't grow up on it, so it's I've got, the, I've got a certain emotional distance with it where I'm not as invested, so I don't pay as much attention to what goes on behind closed doors. But... This this particular comment rubbed me really the wrong way, especially because she also implied the same thing applies for other properties such as Indiana Jones, which means that expect no more Indiana Jones movies once Harrison Ford kicks it, I guess. <sighs> I mean, I kind of don't want them to do Indiana Jones without Harrison yeah, Ford, quite honestly. It's... Let him die, like. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, you're correct, but it's like, there doesn't really need to be more Indiana Jones oh, no. movies. I think like, Indiana Jones stop. fills a really good adventure flick niche, and I think you could very easily find people to fill that slot. Mm. I'm going to watch uh, the, ne the, mo the next movie for next week just because of this, because I want to have a serious topic about this next week, but like... I'm tired of sequels being made that are pointless and completely just made just to cash, on, cash in on the original, so... Mm. Making another Indiana Jones... 
or another like the Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. The problem I have with it is you're literally cashing in on movies that are like 40, 50 years old just before the one character and that one character and that one family influenced the entirety of the galaxy. When you know you can do, I feel like Star Wars needs to go the route of Gundam. And I, 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 I no, so work with me here. Okay, so okay. Gundam has multiple universes, okay? They have the Universal Century, they have the Alternate Century, like all these different like universes. That's all that really matters. There's the mainline one that has the Skywalkers, say, in Star Wars case, and then they can do something like, okay, well, this is an alternate future, this is an alternate timeline where, you know, that didn't happen, or there's a completely different set of circumstances, they're fighting a completely different war with completely different factions, and it just happens to be set in the same universe. So like so so basically legends, but in media legends form. and media form, but you can have multiple timelines going forward because like I, I don't see how they can't do that, and that way Skywalker stuff can be the Skywalker stuff, but then we also have like I don't know this guy over here who's a new Jedi and he's he's going on a new trip with his droid and blah 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 blah. And it's completely separate from everything, and they have another they have another like one where it's oh well, there's no more Jedi at all, and this is post Jedi world and. Blah, 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 blah. Like, they can do different experimental things with the universe because they're not attached to it. That's why I like Gundam's universe a lot more like that, because it's, you have multiple options. You know, it's not all just one continuity. There's multiple continuities, and they're not connected. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That is an idea. Yeah. Sorry, that, that was a little too long on the Gundam topic. I went on a, kind of a rant there, but, uh, yeah, screw you, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> I won't go that far, but I will say... That's a phenomenally bad takeaway from Solo. Uh, try harder. Yes. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on to non-necessarily nerdy film stuff. Warner Brothers is making a new Ocean's Eleven movie with Margot Robbie to star and produce. Yeah. I'm kind of sick of Mar. <laughs> I'm kind of sick of Margot Robbie being in everything. I'm not. Margot Robbie's a phenomenal actress. She is a phenomenal yeah. actress, but also I didn't like what they were doing with the ocean. What was it? Ocean's Eight or whatever, the one where they had a Bullock in it, that they're just doing this whole girl boss kind of remake of the Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven movie. It's like, it's weird. I don't know. I, I, I get it's kind of canon because she's also a part of, she's like a thief from the previous movies, but I don't know, it's just a little weird. I don't know, I haven't seen any of the Ocean's movies. I just think it's a weird concept. That's it. This one is specifically, we don't have a lot of details, but it is known to be an original Ocean's Eleven set in Europe in the 1960s. That sounds cooler. Huh. That sounds way cooler. Okay. Yeah, that sounds a lot more. That, that sounds more interesting than the same movie six times. But <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm. So that's neat. Margot again, Margot Robbie is really taking off between Harley Quinn, this being Barbie. Oh yeah, she is Barbie. Being in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is way longer ago than I thought. And Itanya, mm. which was a really good movie. She was. Yeah. In. Yeah. No. Good for her. In other news. Searchlight Pictures has acquired worldwide rights to Annapurna's Night Bitch, a darkly comic neo-horror to be released on Hulu. Uh, per the official logline, Amy Adams stars as a woman thrown into the stay-at-home routine of raising a toddler in the suburbs, who slowly embraces the feral power deeply rooted in motherhood as she becomes increasingly aware of the bizarre and undeniable signs that she may be turning into a canine. Uh, what? What? Yeah! Furry mom? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, it's based on a novel, but I haven't read it. Furry mom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, when, when the title is Night Bitch, that's act—that's literal. Apparently, that's very literal. 
So she's a werewolf. It doesn't no, say werewolf. No, she's a werewolf dog. It could just be she's turning into an actual dog. Who knows? That would be very uh, weird. Just a regular dog. But it's Amy Adams. I like Amy Adams, so... Also phenomenal. Well, Arrival was probably one of my favorite movies of whatever year it came out. Haven't seen Arrival. I need to see it. What was the name of the Disney movie where Tim Allen is turned into a dog? <laughs> the Shaggy Dog? Is that really yep. was that really what it was called? Yep. Yes. Okay, so is it that but more adult? Is that like kind of the, the No, this is a horror movie. That was not a horror movie. It was a horrible <laughs> movie. There's a difference. Okay, it was 2016, so I could safely... Honestly, it doesn't matter what year. I could probably safely say that Arrival was one of my favorite movies of that year just because Arrival is probably still one of my favorite movies. Hmm. But, hmm. yeah, I thought it was interesting. It's definitely okay. a concept. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, especially because it's called Darkly Comic Neo Horror, which I don't know what the hell that means, <laughs> but it's caught my interest. That's a whole lot of no that's, that's, nothing. That's something a film student whipped up with a latte. <laughs> <laughs> that's something a film student... That would be the name of a latte. Yeah, I have a dark comic Neo Horror. With extra sugar, please. For somebody for... named Elizabeth with two Zs. <laughs> no, with an S. Elizabeth with an S. S. Mm. No, because her name's Liz, but she goes by Elizabeth. Ah, I see. Yep, never mind. What? what? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. She's quirky. You don't understand the creativity uh, she has you're right, inside her. You're right, you're right. Moving on. She yurts it up <laughs> with her Diet Coke. Oh, man. I remember those commercials. You want to live in a yurt? Yurt it up. I'm thinking of the Team Four Star like Homestuck reference in Housing Abridged. Okay. I don't know right Homestuck, now. so Well no, it's like when the one like vampire girl is like just Oh singing, Rainbow like, Tacos random... Doctor Who Homestuck. Yes, that. That's that what <laughs> well, moving I'm on. I'm gonna move on now. Yeah. <laughs> Saban Films has secured global rights to American Metal, starring John Travolta and Steven Dorff. The film tells us. What about American Steel? Shut Sorry. up. How about German engineering? <laughs> how about how about y'all just let me t give you the synopsis? Okay. <laughs> the film tells the story of a desperate and struggling family man who robs a pill mill. However, when the theft turns violent, he finds himself hunted by both the police and the Dixieland mafia. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, okay. Co considering your previous. <laughs> Concerns about the state of the action thriller, Nick, I figured I would tell you about this. I thought you might appreciate knowing. I would actually like to see this. The Dixie fucking Mafia. Okay. <laughs> right? Jesus. All right. John Travolta uh, gonna go steal some pills and sell them on the aftermarket. I don't know uh, why. Why do you tell me I need to go get these pills to support my kid in college? Uh, Sandy, don't make me laugh. Huh, huh, huh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> God, I hate yeah. Greece so much. <laughs> I gotta steal these pills from these racists with guns. I don't uh, know why they look at me like that. I'm just crossing the street. I don't know why they're looking at me. Okay, you're making, just, sound, oh my God. You're, you're making it sound like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone makes it Christopher Walken. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright, I'm not gonna lie, slight interest just because of Dixie Mafia. Let's wait yeah. until the trailer comes out. I mean, there's been so much film news because Can is going on, but yeah. obviously I'm not gonna mm. report on everything because then we'd be here all night and we'd never get to anything else. Can we report on the one topless protester for women's violence in Can? I didn't even see anything about that. 
<laughs> you didn't see that? Somebody ran on the red carpet to protest women's viol- uh, women's rights on, uh, or no, violence against women, I think specifically in Ukraine, but really more or less uh, violence against women on the Cannes red carpet. Mm. Huh. Just kind of happened. All right. Nice. Whatever gets the message out there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Last bit of movie news. Bong Joon-ho's next feature film, an untitled sci-fi based on the novel Mickey 7, has added Tony Collette, Mark Ruffalo, and Naomi Ackie to the cast, which already had Robert Pattinson attached. Ooh, Robert Pattinson, Pattinson Ruffalo, Collette, and okay, I can see this. Okay. I mean, I'm going to go watch it because Bong Joon-ho is one of my favorite directors, so I mean... Uh, I still have not seen Parasite, I'll admit, but I really want to. Honestly, watch Parasite, but watch Mother, his 2007 movie. Uh, that, okay. one's a be- that one's honestly a better movie between the two. It's scathing. It's very, very good. The host is really good. I, I really like it. He switches genres a lot. Mm. He, he doesn't really stick to one genre. He just keeps the same theme. So the theme is going to be about poverty. It's always about the theme of the lower class versus the upper class. It's like his thing. Okay. So I'm curious to see what he's going to do with that in a sci-fi thriller or a sci-fi action movie, whatever the hell it is. Mm. I'm down for it. You know, I'm going to be there day one. Neat. Interesting. So I guess with that news covered, it's now trailer time. No oh boy. There is a lot of them. Yeah. There are. Let's start with the one that gave me the biggest headache. She-Hulk. Oh, I thought you were talking about Spider-Head. Yeah. No, I'm starting yeah, with She-Hulk great. specifically because that one dropped, you know, while I was editing the podcast that where we had a scoop on the release date. Can mm. I say the most offensive thing about She-Hulk? Sure, go for it. It has the most episodes so, uh, confirmed so far than any other movie, uh, uh, Marvel, Marvel series that's been made. Technically incorrect, it's tied with WandaVision. Is it? Okay. Yeah, nine episodes. But, but the fact that that got nine and New Nine only got six. And... Well, it's also apparently going to have a shorter runtime, so it's going to average out to the same general amount of time, I guess. Oh, okay. It looks like trash, but I'm going to have to watch it for continuity, so oh well. I think except for some CGI problems, which they still have time to fix, it's fine. It looks like trash. I'm not going to say it looks like trash, but I will say the trailer didn't do a lot for me in particular. Like, it didn't, like, completely repulse me, other than a couple bits where the CGI didn't look very good. But it also didn't, like, draw me in either. With the exception of her, like, getting mad at Bruce Banner. And Bruce Banner would be like, yes, yes, destroys the door. No, no. That was good. <laughs> that was the most, like, nerdy panic I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, there are some parts of the CGI is really rough. Like, the one where she's holding her phone and making the weird, like, surprise face. That was not good. But I wasn't especially taken in by the CGI for Moon Knight in the trailers, and it's fine in the show. Well, it might be pre- like, like very, very late post-production that, they're, that they showed off in the trailer. But Plus, uh, that... Hulk looks fine because they already had the models. So I think this is one of those things where even if She-Hulk doesn't necessarily look the best starting out, they'll get it more settled in for later appearances for me it's not even the animation for me it's the tone of the series it just doesn't look interesting like i don't like the jokes i don't like any of the jokes in the in, in the show other than the no 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 yes yes that was funny everything else that, that i've seen in the trailer the tone just doesn't appeal to me it isn't it doesn't appeal to my demographic or at least me mm. I, it seems like it's a girl boss show where they're trying to make it hey lol girl boss haha isn't it funny that she can like carry guys because she's the man of the relationship ha 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 I mean, that's literally She-Hulk? I don't know the character. I'm going explicitly based off of what I'm seeing, so... Yeah, She-Hulk's whole shtick is that she is explicitly more confident in her She-Hulk form and usually tends to stay in that form. If anything, I was a little put off 
by the fact that she is, at first, very uncomfortable with the powers in this, but later on in the trailer, it seems like she flips around and she's She-Hulk quite a bit more often, so I think it's just a case of needing that initial adjustment period and then growing into it. I don't know. I think a superhero legal show is a phenomenal concept. I do too. Especially because it's like, yeah, it's about time you finally started establishing some laws. They've only been around since 2008. So here's the thing. I, Well, the internet's been around since 97 and it still doesn't, or since 90, whatever. It's like the early 80s and it's still barely as regulated. But, um, it's the Wild West. But that being yes, said, indeed. the problem that I have with it is if it's a legal show, this is going to come off more as, like, Boston legal than Law & Order. It's going to be more of a comedy show. Yeah, that's I'm evil. also going to have a lot of problems with the le- with the procedure, but that's just because I'm bad. I- I'm one of those nerds that actually, like, hyper-focuses in on the Law & Shows, but... Oh, no, that's fair, because 100%, the more accuracy we can get, the better. Yeah. Well, the problem I have, I'm thinking about is they're going to ham it up in the courtroom. It's going to be one of those shows. Like, if we're actually, I wanted a serious legal biter, you know, just because that's that's kind of like the kind of tone I wanted from a superhero legal show. Oh, you're going to want to wait for Daredevil then, probably. Yeah, Daredevil is probably going to have a lot more of that. And now that Daredevil has the full of the MCU to like use and utilize, it's going to be a lot interesting to see what they do with it. But like, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll watch it. It's it's uh, at this point I can't not watch anything Marvel because they're all connected. So like, I'm forced to watch it anyway. I'm just not super excited about it. It's pretty low on my excitement bar. Yeah, I mean, I'll personally probably just like kind of see what the initial reception is and then decide from there if I'm going to watch more it. Ru- more Ruffalo is always a good thing. Yeah, oh, Mark Ruffalo is always great. Also, confirmed per the cast list, Wong is going to be back for this series, too. This is might explain... Really? Okay, depending on when this is set, this might explain where the fuck he's been found abomination. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah. Shang-Chi. <laughs> that is the same cell. That the one that uh, Abomination is currently in is the same cell that Wong sent him back to in Shang Chi. That's what I'm more curious about. Is the entirety of Shang Chi? That's all I can think about. Is why is Wong here with Abomination? Now, like this answer might finally come to me. I think the most interesting Abomination tidbit in this trailer is the confirmation that he can transform back because right. we do see him in Tim Roth form. So that's neat. We also got. Obviously, a first look at Titania busting through a wall and presumably duking it out with She-Hulk in a courtroom. We got a potential look at the Wrecking Crew. It's not confirmed that the people holding all that equipment are the Wrecking Crew. The ones in the dark alley where one of them looks like he's got a crowbar. But I wouldn't be surprised if that was them. And also, we got Frogman. Who is Frogman? Why should I care? He is a very low-rate superhero. He is the son of the supervillain Leapfrog, who decided to redeem his family name by becoming a hero, even though his only quote-unquote power is that he has electrical coils in his boots that allow him to leap long distances. Who is Leapfrog? I think he's a very minor Daredevil villain? Huh. What if Daredevil beats him up and runs away? (laughs) That'd be funny. That would be funny. The only other note that I have is that the music is weirdly similar to the Sonic 2 trailer music. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, okay. No, like okay. it's almost exactly the same. It's got the... Oh. I didn't pay that much it's, attention. It's, it's, it's the same. It's, it's basically the same music. It's so weird to me. You want to you just jump to the next Marvel thing on here? Uh, we might as well. I mean, I guess it's only technically Marvel, because it's barely got any resemblance to what it used to be, but Baymax! Full disclosure, I never watched Big Hero 6. Wow! 
It's a good time. You should. Not... Yes, it's a good time. Didn't really have any attraction to the trailer at all, or to the there's show two actually so far. What do you mean? There's two. There's two trailers. Yeah, but the newest oh. one is the one that dropped. Obviously. Oh. oh I... Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant there were like two shows. It's like, excuse me. <laughs> nah, there's, there's 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 one Baymax show, and apparently it's six episodes. Yeah, kind of the same thing where it it really just honestly doesn't do an awful lot for me. I'll watch it. I like Baymax. I'm always game for more Baymax, even though it does seem like this is going to be kind of predictable. Baymax runs into somebody in trouble, ostensibly in trouble with some kind of health problem, but in the process, we all learn a little something about ourselves and the world we live in. Yes. It's not worth It'll reviewing be... or anything. It's just worth like casually watching, I guess. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely It'll... not expecting to do an episode breakdown for Baymax. <laughs> no, everything will be fine, Aunt Cass. Trust me. Just <laughs> stares intensely down the stairs. <laughs> it's like, all right, that's actually creepy as hell. <laughs> I responded when you said, "Oh no, no, no." <laughs> I guess we. I guess Spiderhead. Okay, let's go back to the top, yeah? Yeah, yeah. might as well. So Spiderhead happened. I thought that uh, Chris Hemsworth was Chris Pines, because I always get them confused by just that name alone. Uh, but this time, uh, Chris Hemsworth did not have an accent, so I just thought it was Chris Pine for half the trailer until no, I saw No, he has an accent, it's just an American accent. No, you yeah, know, no, like... and it's not great. But it's better than, you know, it could have been. It, it it was one of those things where, as he was talking, I could still hear the twang of his Australian accent, like, as he spoke. And it's like, Ugh. Plus, um, we got Miles Teller back. Yeah. I say back like he's been missing, but... <laughs> he, he never left. Yeah, I don't know he why never I said left that. Cody. Miles Teller from Miles, per- <laughs> Miles Prowler and the live-action adaptation of live-action Sonic? No. Miles Teller from Live Action Fantastic Four 2015. Mm. And War Dogs. Uh, oh, he was in War Dogs. Yeah, along with Jonah Hill, I thought. Oh, that's oh, that's right. Okay, it was the thing of like, I know I've seen you and stuff, but I can't remember what it was. It's like, yeah, that's right. He was the second half of War Dogs. He which was. Is I'm pretty sure. Another I'm great I feel movie. like an idiot if not. No, he was. Okay, 100%. Good. Yeah. Well, it, another fantastic movie. It looks pretty good. though. This movie looks interesting. I mean, I don't know if I'll watch it. it depends what's coming out that week. Chris Hemsworth in uh, another cocky guy role that I don't hate. Yeah. Plus, it looks like this time he's going to get to be an empty-eyed sociopath, and I love that. Well, what's yeah. very interesting is that this is the first movie, at least in a while, since the whole controversy, that I've seen a Smollett cast uh, in a lead role. Are they related? Yeah, to that's just that's that that they're cousins, I think, or brother. I think no, oh. no, no. She's his, she's his brother, a uh, sister. So yeah, like oh, Jesse okay. Smollett is, is her sister, her I brother. She, wasn't she Black Canary in Birds of Prey? Yeah. Oh wait. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh wait. Or am I mixing her up with somebody else? Yeah, no, she was. Yeah, she was Black Canary. Okay. But yeah, like this is the first time I've seen a Smollett on screen, at least you know, at least like at a leading role in a while. Hmm. After the whole controversy. I mean, what that the makes fuck sense. do you mean she was in Full House? <laughs> <laughs> full House or Fuller House? Full House. Wow. She was in 12 That's... episodes. Really? Yeah. Huh. Shows what, what I know. Who did she play? Denise Fraser, apparently. Or Fraser? Fraser. 
Okay. <laughs> and, not important. Not important. No. She was also in Cosby as herself for eight episodes. Oh, boy. I'm not oh, touching boy. that with a ten-foot pole. Moving How? on to Where no. the Crawdads Sing. Okay, I, I, know, I know nothing about the book. I just know it's a big bestseller, and it looks fine enough. I didn't even know it was a bestseller. I just knew it was based on a book. So thank you for teaching me something. Apparently, it was like some super big bestseller. I've never heard. I've never really like known what the concept was. I just know the name, and it looks fine. That's kind of my a, a review of the trailer. It looks fine. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this. Co- it looks I, like I a date say... night movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does, but it also. <laughs> It gives me the vibe of one of those based on a true story. Yeah, learning mm-hmm. about tolerance and how to and how to respect outcasting, which is a good message. They just tend to come off kind of schmaltzy. Agreed. Which, for all we know, this movie could take a turn, and it could just be nah, fuck all you at the end. But we'll see. Maybe. I guess maybe I don't know. We'll see where the crawdags sing. <laughs> this was another one where. It was just like doesn't do a lot for me. H- hilariously, when they actually like title drop in the trailer, it's like, all right, I've now like checked out a little bit. Not gonna lie, <laughs> I might. I'm, like I said, it's a date night potential for me. So yeah, who knows if there's nothing else coming out that weekend, I might see it. You know what else is good? Date night movie. <laughs> Bros. Bros. Bros looks. Like fun. <laughs> Bros looks so stupid that I—it's a par- it, They're basically just making a, a giant gay parody of romance movies. What am I gonna? What am I gonna get butt fucked by Jason Momoa while we <laughs> worry about an active volcano? <laughs> that was actually kind of one of my favorite parts. It was one of those things where I am probably like a little bit off the mark saying this, being a straight person, but it was kind of a thing of I do like that they made this guy just eccentric as hell and basically even as a centricism, come to the same conclusions that any other reasonable person is in his position would come to. Yeah, um, just no, with a definitely. Lot more swears. And it, I, I can see executives being dumb enough to be like, "Yeah, can you make a gay romance movie that that straight guys will want to watch?" And it's just like, it's, "No, no, that's dumb as hell." <laughs> They're it's never going to want to really watch un- that. And I imagine it's very undermining as well. I'm yeah. honest. This looks like a fun movie, just as a movie. Oh yeah. I'm probably going to end up seeing this uh, probably with a group of friends, and it's going to be a good time. Yeah, same. I, I'm interested. Yeah. I, I can see. Yeah, I can see if I buy Jeff a ticket to this. The uh, insanity oh, that man. happens in that in that theater. <laughs> That'd be I a mean, thing. I, I'm not going to lie. I do kind of, sort of <laughs> hope this has a car chase somehow. <laughs> I hope they work that in somehow. I felt very related to with. Welcome to my welcome to your favorite podcast where I talk about whatever the hell I want. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why we're talking about bros. <laughs> it looks like a good movie. I hope they have a time with bros pizza. Oh dear. Oh That my seems God. like it'd be a bit much. <laughs> we're gonna, okay, let's go on to something a little bit more uh pretentious. I don't know. I didn't think there was anything pretentious about I assume you're talking about my donkey, my lover and I. I just the title. That's about it. The the movie I mean, itself looks kind of wholesome. I I'm going to be completely honest. Maybe it's just because the movie's in French and I haven't studied French at all since high school. I did kind of have a little bit of a hard time trying to figure out like what the overall angle of the whole thing was. The overall angle is the the lady with the donkey is having an affair 
with the married guy who is the dad of one of her students, who then takes his family on vacation and she ends up following them. Hijinks ensue. Never mind, I take back oh, the wholesomeness entirely. I did not get that. Yeah. No, because the crazy thing is, apparently <laughs> it's actually being described as a warm comedy road movie, which is, like, that. that is the vibe, 100%. Hmm. I don't know. I'm willing to watch this because if I've realized anything, it's that all the usual cliches that I come to expect from movies only seem to exist in American movies. Hmm. That's fair. Like, I just saw The Ancestral, what was that, last week? I think it was last week. And it had a, it was a horror movie with an actual, as far as I can tell, happy ending. What? It blew my fucking mind! Happy ending? (laughs) Yeah, happy no. ending in a horror flick? And not only that, it did a swerve where I thought it was like a haunted house movie or a demonic possession movie. Nope. Turns out it's a it's a it's a psychiatric hospital with an insane doctor movie. And then it ends with the family reunited, like the dad apparently broke his leg and he's on a crutch or something, but their relationships are mended. I thought he was dead, but it turns out nope, he lived. And, uh, fuck, spoilers for the ancestral, I guess, if you care. But <laughs> But, and then the, uh, it, there was actually a post credit scene showing the villain got their comeuppance <laughs> in a horror movie. <laughs> I was blown the fuck away. <laughs> and then okay. all I could think about was that time we, we watched The Green Planet, Nick. Oh, boy, that was a movie. Yeah. Yeah, no. When I thought, well, I thought I had that on lockdown. I thought I had that red. I was like, ah, yes, this is clearly a metaphor for the ostracization of the mental, of the mentally ill and how we as a society are failing to look out for one nope, another and how it will sow the seeds of our own destruction. Turns out, nope, the guy he kidnapped was actually a fucking alien and the world gets blown up. Well, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a good movie. Greg, you should watch Green Planet. It's a good Yeah, movie. and that's, that's why I'm willing to give this movie a shot because obviously, you know, there's a difference between Vietnamese and Korean cinema and French cinema, but it, it's, it seems like a lot of the a lot of the more cliched stuff that I would usually hate doesn't seem to be as prevalent outside of American cinema. So who knows? If they're pitching <laughs> this as an actually heartwarming comedic movie, even though it features an affair, maybe it is. I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay. That's my breakdown. The twist is the, w- the wife dies at some point in the movie. And then oh. she, she's going to like he, she's going to take the place, and and then 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 the the daughter doesn't have to learn that her father was a cheating bastard, and that's the happy ending. Oh, you're just like wishing that, aren't you? No, or like like trying to will it into existence. I'm not rather. wishing is that. that actu- is that ac- unless that's actually how the movie goes? I have no clue. Like a... Okay, it's I was going to say like if if that's how it goes, and that's a letdown. <laughs> how would we know how it goes down, Greg? <laughs> Out yet, man? It's in cans. I'm not a con. I can't watch it. <laughs> so that was my mental breakdown for the week. Hopefully, let's move on to three thousand years of longing, aka George Miller's br- mental breakdown of the month. Yeah, for real. I thought it looked interesting. It does look interesting. It does look interesting. It looks like a lot. <laughs> Definitely. Oh yeah. It basically looks like it's Idris Elba as a genie narrating. How being a genie can go horribly wrong to Tilda Swinton, who decides to make things go horribly wrong. It it's an interesting movie. Yeah, I'll probably watch it because I like both of those actors. 
Plus, George Miller's a good filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah of Max, Mad Max fame, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was, I think he was the guy who was originally working on Justice League Mortal before that project got canned. Really? Yeah, I think that was him. God, I would have loved to watch that. But yeah, no, uh, good on you, George Miller. You made something else that looks interesting. I'll watch it. All right. Certainly looks better than... Things that I imagine none of us are looking forward to watching. My fake <laughs> boyfriend. Which is partially made by BuzzFeed, and honestly, that's all you need to know. Lionsgate and BuzzFeed Studios, uh, which explains it... why it's continuing to demonstrate the evils of social media. But what I don't understand yes. is why does this movie exist? What is the purpose? So his boyfriend is, 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 is he's too perfect, or that he's like not getting enough attention? I think it's. I think the concept is the main character's boyfriend, who he breaks up with, is a clingy, probably emotionally abusive asshole. So they set up this fake boyfriend, presumably thinking it'll keep the ex off his back, and then he runs into somebody who he actually likes, but has to navigate around having this fake boyfriend because Dylan Sprouse refuses to terminate this fake boyfriend account he's created <laughs> because it's apparently gaining him a lot of Twitter clout or something. That, 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 <laughs> what is the line again that I said? It's... <laughs> you, uh, I can't just, I can't just shut him down. <laughs> I can't just delete him. He's not real. He's real, real to, to me! Real to me! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with, with not even a hint of iron, ironic, like, ironicness to that. It's, it's Not even. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, the trailer, and as such, the movie does go there. It yep. looks like it's absolute hot garbage. It looks like it doesn't exist, need to exist. I'm actually offended by watching that trailer, uh, just by how stupid and how many of my brain cells died trying to uh, grasp at a straws of what the movie can be, and how many people were actually willing to see it. When the main character in Bros was freaking about out to the executive about making a, a gay movie that appeals to straight people, he probably was thinking of this. No, but this doesn't appeal to straight people. How would it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making a joke because this looks bad. <laughs> All right. So, Ugh. yeah, it does look terrible. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. The new Mission Impossible movie looks great. It's very, very much like the like all the teaser trailers for all of the major Mission Impossible and James Bond movies. You really don't know what the hell it's about until you get the second trailer. So it's just a lot of pretty images and cool stunts. But it looks right. cool. Came on you guys for not watching any of the other Mission Impossible movies. They're all amazing. Yeah, alright. I'll get on it at some point. Honestly, at some point. because I haven't seen any of them, the only things that stuck out to me were the train derailing, and that one guy had a really sick sunglasses and gas mask combo. Yes, he did. That looks sinister as fuck. Yeah, I wonder who's playing the villain. I don't think they've really... Have they Have they gotten a cast list out? Uh, I haven't paid any attention to this movie because I just found out the because tra the trailer just dropped today. Oh, really? Did it just drop today? Yes. Holy crap. Yeah. Is it next year? Yes. Wow, okay, so this is like a direct sequel, obviously, to Rogue Nation and uh, and uh, Fallout, the Fallout. last two movies. Simon Pegg's back in it. Yes, that's good to hear. I'm looking at the cast list to see if there's anybody else that I, I recognize. Hang on, well, Grace is back. The film's primary villain is Asai Morales. He's playing somebody that is... I do not know this guy. That is not a good sign. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Because the last one was, uh, what's his name? The guy who played Freddie Mercury. Rami Malek? Yeah, Rami Malek was I thought the bad guy in the last one was oh. Henry Cable. No, no, Rami Malek was the was the head bad guy and the, oh, okay. uh, yeah, he was recruiting um uh uh Superman. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it I'm looks probably good. gonna watch this. I assume it'll probably be the only thing that comes out on its opening weekend that's of note, so I'm gonna have to watch it. Right. Get caught up. Alright, we just got done watching the official Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Is that Hercules I see? That was Zeus? <laughs> oh. Oh, that's actually supposed to be Zeus. you think you saw Hercules? Uh, with the two whips. Huh. I thought the... that was Thor. No, that's not Thor. Hmm. Hmm. I'm muted. I, I, I have the, the trailer muted. I'm gonna try to look through it again. Okay, yeah, uh, same. Oh, that is Thor. That is yeah, Thor. Okay, that's what never. I Never mind. I'm sorry. I I, I get too excited because it looks like Hercules. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think Herc is going to factor too heavily into this, especially not because I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is Gore is going to attack, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if most of the Greek pantheon gets wiped out, and they probably want to spare Herc from that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I hope, although Thor's kind of taken Herc's role in the Marvel Universe anyway right now as the dopey, super-powerful god hero. So, yeah, it looks good. Uh, I'm definitely going to go watch it when it comes out. I mean, it comes without saying. I really don't have much else to say other than I don't really like Thor in the MCU because he's too comedic. So I'm really kind of just watching this to kind of see what happens. But oh well. Yeah, I'm also not a huge fan of the direction Thor has gone in since Ragnarok. And I acknowledge that Thor and Thor the Dark World had their faults, and the Dark World is probably one of the worst MCU movies. Strong disagree, but, but that's me. But I also do not think that we needed a total ha-ha funny overhaul. The tone of this is even worse than the other, and then Ra- Love and Thunder, oh, in my opinion. I don't think so, because the thing is, Ragnarok set an expectation of, just based on what it is, it set an expectation of taking things a bit more seriously, but now that the actual destruction of Asgard and death of most of Thor's remaining family has been played for laughs, well... Mm. Nowhere to go but up. My only complaint w- with the trailer, if I do have any, is that I felt like every single moment but where Jane and Thor were s- sharing the scene felt really awkward. Yep. I think it's supposed to? Eh, I mean, if it's supposed to, they did a hell of a job. Because but... it's also pretty clear Thor's still not entirely over her. Mm. Hence, knowing that it's been eight years, seven months, and six days, I six think. Six days. But who's yeah, counting? Something like that. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I I imagine it does make sense for that to be the angle they're going for, but it just didn't feel. It didn't resonate with me watching that. It's just kind of a thing of like, all right, this feels a little. I'm not sure if camp is the right word, hmm. but I mean that's what Thor's become since yeah, Ragnarok. Two camp. Mm, fair. But I I like our first real look at Gore the God Butcher. He looks fucking awesome in that. He looks that, that cool. He looks really good. That's Christian Bale, and he looks fucking insane. <laughs> Plus, you know we're going to get an intense performance because it's Christian Bale. Yeah, exactly. So he's a good actor through and through. Yeah, no, absolutely. I will say that the very end did get a laugh out of me with the whole, let's 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 remove the disguise flick. <laughs> yeah, no, I did like that, especially when they just like straight up censor him and everything. It's just like, all right, <laughs> and then the right. ladies start fainting. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that that's an appropriate reaction. Yeah. Should we help him? Oh, not right now. Eventually, great. Grape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this doesn't really necessarily give me any more clarity on how this is going to go. I do like. Whatever that one spot is where everything's kind of graywashed, where Thor seems to be mm. fighting, that looks cool. Yeah. Not a huge fan of the super colorful 
blue and gold costume. It's a little much. Mm-hmm. Goat boat, that's cool. Goat boat. <laughs> Anyways, this is already taking some time, so I'm just gonna jump right to the box office. Alright, so this weekend at the box office, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is still on top. It took in $31.6 million domestically this weekend for a $342 million domestic total and $803.1 million worldwide. It Damn. may be the second post-pandemic era movie to hit a billion at the box office. We'll see. Top Gun is coming out next weekend, which is probably going to put a dent in its performance. But you never know. Could still pull ahead. And even so, the number of people I've seen try to spin this into being some kind of catastrophic failure or disappointment is, frankly, pathetic. Because it's still doing better than almost everything else that's come out since the pandemic hit. So, Hmm. what do you want? It's the highest grossing movie of 2022 so far. That not enough for you? Oh well. Second place, (laughs) Downton Abbey A New Era took in $16 million domestically this weekend, which is, of course, its total. And at a $51.7 million worldwide total. Third place, we got The Bad Guys. It did just shy of $6.1 million domestically this weekend for a $74.3 million domestic total and $182.1 million worldwide. Fourth place, Sonic 2 hanging in there at $3.9 million domestically for a $181 million domestic total and $375 million worldwide total. And then in fifth place, we got this week's movie review subject, Men at 3.29 million domestically and as far as i could tell that's just the only info i can find on it at all so it may not have released in other markets damn okay that's the news okay let's go to gaming gaming news so we got this week we don't have a lot i might i might as well mention it right off the bat multiverse's trailer dropped it's insane we got ultra instinct shaggy uh we have a whole plethora of Warner Brothers madness in there. I think it looks very fun. The alpha, the close alpha is out right now. So quite honestly, you know, I, I'm I, I can't wait till it goes to open beta so I can kind of see for myself how these characters play. Does anybody have any other p- opinions about multiverses at all? I mean, we've kind of talked about it at work a little bit. The consensus is who was high enough to come up with this idea? Warner uh, Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Eh, I mean, I haven't really looked into it too much, but definitely seems like an interesting idea, so we'll see where it goes. I know I opened with the joke that I'm maining Taz, but actually I might try to main Velma, because in as much as I have a main in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I very much enjoy playing Phoenix Wright. I'm not good at it, but I enjoy it. Does she play like Phoenix Wright? Right. It looks like it. Her whole shtick is that she can gather clues... And once she gathers enough clues, she can summon a police car to apprehend the nearest <laughs> enemy, unmasking them as Old Man Jenkins, stunning them, and trying to carry them off into the blast zone. That is nice. pretty great, not gonna lie. Right? Um, of course, Taz also seasons people until they turn into chickens, so... Uh, that's okay. pretty great. Right? That's pretty great. Oh, can, can I segue into my little bit of Platform Fighter news? Yeah, go for it. Alright, this is technically old news, since it's, I'm pretty sure, over a week old at this point. But Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl has confirmed three more DLC characters, those being XJ9 from My Life as a Teenage Robot, Hugh Neutron (laughs) from Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, getting in before anybody else from Jimmy Neutron. I know, it's amazing! I love it! Memes, that's why, Greg. And Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life, who I did not expect at all. 
Those are no. three completely different characters. I'm surprised that even before Sheen Estevez or, or Jimmy, we get Hugh, but I am so happy. I am literally Hugh incarnate, so... Do we think we're gonna get a Shadow Realm reference, even though that's... I mean, they Warner Brothers did Ultra Instinct Shaggy. Do we think, Jimbo, you're going to the Shadow Realm is gonna be a thing somehow? Mm, Jimbo, you're going to the Shadow Realm. Oh, Jimbo, you're oh going to the goodness. Shadow Realm. I just want Sheen in the game, goddammit. Sheen! Nobody can tangle with me and the Ultra Lord! Watch Ultra Lord get in before Sheen does. That would be pretty great. An endless supply of pie! <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sorry. Go, let's continue. T- continuing, going. Uh, just very quickly, going back to multi, multi, um, multiverses. The only thing I can really say that really like doesn't doesn't fit is that Arya Stark's in the game for some reason, which makes no sense at all. Damn it! That was gonna be my opening joke. Oh, really? I was, I was gonna say I'm, that's why I'm gonna main Arya Stark. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I forgot. It's just it's very weird, you know. It's just very 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 weird that out of all of these kid friendly properties, we have. Game of Thrones and Arya Stark. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Can't wait until we get the other leak, uh, Game of Thrones characters that are in the list. Uh, <laughs> there's a huge leak of, of properties, which we'll probably talk about at some point. Not right now, but... Yo, real talk. If <laughs> actually makes it into this game, he's gonna be my main. Okay, I guess we're talking about the leaks <laughs> then. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bleep that part. That's cool, but it's nothing's confirmed yet. They're just leaks, but I, I don't know. I'm very uh, interested to see what they're going to be doing in terms of costumes and in terms of uh, uh, characters and everything. Based on the leaks list, it looks like it's going to be pretty pretty varied. Moving right along away from um, multiverses and other platform platform fighters, I am a Fortnite gamer now, so I think it's probably uh, it's probably important for me to mention that Obi Wan is coming to uh, Fortnite next week. Oh dear. They're doing a, oh, they're doing God. a huge Obi uh, Star Wars crossover over for the Obi Wan series where he's going to be in store. You can buy him. You can buy his bling and watch him as he nays on on Thanos. So are they going to do another thing where they drop like actual canonical, canonical Star Wars shit in Fortnite? I absolutely hope not. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but regardless, that's just a small little thing. You know, we got Obi Wan coming to Fortnite. We like Fortnite. We like Fortnite. Um, I've, mm, mm, I have no I've opinions one way or the other. I'm mostly making a joke, but that's that's <laughs> all I have in terms of gaming news. News. Now we got the releases for this week. We got some right. really interesting releases this week. The biggest interesting one for me being Cal the Kangaroo's back out of nowhere, being a very 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 obscure mid two thousands Dreamcast platformer. They're just bringing it back all of a sudden. Um, okay, I I was gonna be I was gonna do a bit of the one and only Cal the Kangaroo, and then reveal that I had no idea who it was. But since you pointed out they're obscure, I don't have to. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's about as obscure as the Dreamcast. So you know, I mean, I, I, I damn, you know, I, I mean, nah, not I incorrect. Think, okay, the Dreamcast is decently well known as that thing that put Sega out of the console business, like Echo the Dolphins, about on par with as recognizable as the Dreamcast. Cal the Kangaroo, I don't think so. I love Cal the Kangaroo. It comes from the same era as Gex and uh, all of those edgy. Let's make you know, like who's who's the who's the there's the other one. Oh crap, the one for PS2. Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. It's like the same right. same level of, of of a character mascot. But is it messed up that that's who I thought you meant at first? <laughs> that was the no, image that popped into my head. It was like, <laughs> oh, a kangaroo. Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. <laughs> 
I mean, to be honest, to mean, be honest, you know, it looks like it's a fun game. I don't know the the the, the trailer makes it look like it's just a a fun, you know, two D two point five D three D platformer. So, I mean, all I'm going to be curious about is because I imagine this game is coming out like on the Switch, everything, right? Everything. Okay, uh, in typical usual fashion, I am very curious to see how that affects the price of the Dreamcast game. Mm. That is actually a very good point because you work at Cause... an aftermarket store. Yes, and that is a game that I know is over a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty expensive game. Yeah, I did actually want to make the joke of like, yeah, the Dreamcast is known. It's known as the system where all the actually good games are a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so other games we got going out this week, we got Hard Space Shipbreaker for the PC. I have no clue what that is. I just know it's a focus game. It's I guess it's a sim of some sort. Nino Kuni mm. Cross Worlds, which is a weird one. We're getting a Nino Kuni MMO, y'all. What? Yeah. What? It comes out two days from now on Wednesday, uh, as of date of recording. Yeah, it's it's published by Level Five. It is on PC, iOS, and Android, and it's a full MMO from the Nino Kuni universe. So, huh. completely out of left field. That I did not know that was in the works. That's very interesting. Okay. Roller Champions, which is a Ubisoft free to play roller derby uh, game. You just okay. said words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Free-to-play roller derby. Okay, that's that's a sentence I never thought I would ever hear in context of video games. The platforms are weird because it comes out on the old PlayStation 4, Xbox One, mm. Switch, and Stadia and PC. What? But not the that's... Xbox One S or the PlayStation 5. That is 5. a strange assortment of consoles to release on. I don't know. Especially with Stadia. It's a 3v3 um, roller derby game. Mm interesting good on you ubisoft i guess it was leaked months ago yeah, fair sniper elite 5 the next you know installment in sniper elite comes out um end of the week of course it's a big franchise uh sniper yeah. elite is known as the game where you can shoot hitler in the dick over and Can't over, complain and over about again. that and you see the anatomy of the dick being split uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the game really likes to show you like the actual anatomy of like how people die and it's one of those things where it's really cool and also extremely uncomfortable i mean that's the whole purpose of it though it's oh god this yeah. next game looks terrible <laughs> mm. arcade spirits the new challengers it is a visual novel based in an arcade that's the difference it's just a visual novel based all right in an arcade. uh okay i guess it's a sequel so i guess so those people who like arcade spirits more content. Mm. DLC for Microsoft Flight Sim is coming out uh, at the end of the week that's Top Gun Maverick themed. Oh, okay. So I guess they're adding in planes and shit that's themed around the new Top Gun game. A movie. Yeah, I want to say, because it was like kind of teased before, one of the things we're getting, if it's not in the game already, is I guess the F-14 fighter jet with the Top Gun livery, which kind of goes hand in hand, I guess, a little bit with the Ace Combat Top Gun DLC being announced, like I think, a week or two ago. So, Huh. Yeah, that's actually interesting, though. I kind of like, uh, I don't know. I, I, tie-ins with movies don't happen that much anymore, so it's no. kind of interesting that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, uh, we have the next Namco Museum specifically being Pac-Man-themed for the, I believe, 30th. Uh, we're, we're getting to where Pac-Man is becoming very old. Came out, <laughs> we'll talk about it more in a minute, but mm-hmm. they're doing a release of Pac Man Museum Plus, which is the pl- Pac Man Museum came out before, but this is a CD- this is a sequel that has more games on it. You basically, this one's interesting because you create your own arcade with all these different cl- classic Pac Man games, and there's a 3D model of Pac Man that runs around playing the game. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's very dope. And they have some very obscure games in here too, like Pac Motos, which is a Wii exclusive Pac Man game. 
<laughs> that, okay. that sounds like, please tell me it's not Pac-Man on motocross. Um, I I think it kind of is. I'm not actually certain. What is Pac-Motos? Well, uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> I'm kidding, Podcast I'm not going over, anywhere, everybody. but... Uh, never mind. I have no clue what the hell this is. Uh, okay, sh- thank God. Yeah. You gotta look it up, that's all I can say. It kind of looks abstract, like... Oh, Motos is a game. Oh. Okay, Motos is an arcade game. This is just that with a Pac-Man theme. Okay. Okay. Here are the games that are getting launched with this collection. Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Pac-and-Pow, Pac-Lan, Pac-Mania, Pac-Attack, Pac-and-Time, Pac-Man Arrangement for both the Championship and the um, arcade versions, Pac-Man Championship Edition, Pac-Motos, Pac-and-Roll Remix, Pac-Man Battle Royale. Pack up your troubles in your old kit bag. I hate you. And Pac-Man 256, or the other Battle Royale mode. Alright, so that was just the whole thing of like hearing the same word over and over and, and it losing its meaning. That's <laughs> super packs. I mean super super pack super pack the uh I, I would love to see if they had a political uh, game where you run as Pac Man for, you know, uh political office pa- in Namco. Pac Man for president. No, Pack a snack it, stack. It's just called Super Pack. I would love that. Oh. oh. Yeah, I was I was oh. I was going off of what Cody said. Oh, That's a that- good idea. That joke has layers. <laughs> like an onion. And oh, I and like the ghosts that. are that actually, actually just cool. trying to bust your super pack, so <laughs> What have I what have I started? Oh That being said, that's enough of the games coming out this week. Let's look let's look let's look back in the past to see um see what came out uh earlier this this week a year uh, in history. I don't know what to word that. That's weird. On this week mm. in gaming history. Thank you, Cody. A.K.A. the thing I've been calling this segment since it debuted. (laughs) (laughs) We have Pac-Man is 42 years old. Probably why we're getting a sequel to the Pac-Man bundle. It's Happy Pac-Aversary. Yeah, it is 1980. It's an old, 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 old game. May 22nd, 1980. Perfect Dark came out 22 years ago as well for the Nintendo 64. Mm. Pac-Fic Dark? Pac-Fic I hate you. Mm. Don't worry, I hate me too. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2 came out uh, in 2010. That's 12 years ago this week. Hmm. Fire Emblem Sacred Stones as well came out uh, 17 years ago, uh, back in 2005. The Magnavox Odyssey was first revealed 50 years ago uh, this week. Oh, dear. The first video game console. The first consumer video game console. What an odyssey it's been. It has definitely been an odyssey. All the Uh, way up to Super Mario Odyssey. I hate you. Oh my god. I'm just delirious um, at this point. Keep going. <laughs> uh, Over- Overwatch was released six years ago. Uh, I missed that game. Metal Slug. The first iteration of Metal Slug for the Neo Geo came out in 1996. 26 years ago this week. Nice. nice. Mario vs. Donkey Kong also came out uh, to, uh, in 2004. Obviously and it that... changed the cinematic landscape as we know it. <laughs> I can't wait for the Mario vs. Donkey Kong movie. That's gonna be great. We're gonna have mm. uh, Seth Seth Rogen uh, throwing uh, little little Mario's at Mario. <laughs> I, I I hate myself. You did this to yourself. I did. You did this to yourself, bro. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, a really good Castlevania inspired Metroidvania, uh, came out four years ago in 2018. Good, good on you. That's all I can really say. Yeah. Spider Man and Venom: Maximum Carnage came out for the Mega Drive uh, 27 years ago in Japan. No. Which is a very <laughs> It's a game, that's for sure. By all accounts, mm. it is technically a game. Chibi Robo came out 16 years ago. Great game. Very, very, very Love obscure. It. 
A lot of fun with it. Infamous came out 13 years ago this week. Huh. Uh, yeah, great game. Excellent, excellent game. One of the be- better PS3 um, exclusives. They they did they, they did a PS4 launch of uh, New Infamous, but we haven't had anything for the 5. That'd be interesting for a 5 game. Hmm. Let's see what else. Watch Dogs, the, uh, the terrible first one, came out 8 years ago. <laughs> Uh, the one that told people that, yes, E3 demos are not to be trusted. And last but certainly not least, we have Sequelitis with Bomberman 64 2 and Crazy Taxi 2. Both coming oh, out dear. 21 and 22 years ago, respectively. Huh. Hey everybody, it's Crazy Taxi 2! Hop a ride and pay double the rates! Uh, inflation is a bitch. Yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah, that's that's this week in gaming history, or at least the games that are notable. Uh, and that's all I have on the gaming ses- segment of this podcast. Alright, I guess we're good to finally get to the section you've all been waiting for. Oh boy. Three men talk about men. Men. <laughs> um, I mean, two men, really, because I never saw the movie. Well, I'm just going to like... You can still talk about list- it, based on our observations and the notes that I sent you. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot happened, and it seems like one of those things where I feel like it was probably kind of okay that I didn't see Greg, it. Greg, uh... I... <laughs> I'll show it to you at some point. Greg, there are a lot of dicks in this movie. Really? A lot. There's a lot of naked <laughs> men in this. Like, a lot of well, naked I mean, men. I mean, seems appropriate to the title. So what is the general, like... <laughs> Like, so set, a woman uh, books oh a country God. house for, what was it, two weeks after her so husband that. commits suicide so she can sort of decompress and get away Neat. from herself. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, the guy was a fucking twat. Yeah, he was awful. Mm. Terrible guy. Okay. Just an absolute clingy, possessive gaslighter of a human being mm. who, then, who then struck her trying to get when she was trying to get her phone back. Nice. Because she wouldn't <laughs> unlock it for him to see what, so he could see what she was texting her friend about him mm. after asking for separation. So she goes to this little village, and there's some kind of weird naked man stalking her. <laughs> and all the men in the village are played by the same guy, including the guy who rents her the house. And things get really creepy and paranoid. Huh. Yeah. I like so it. So, is it like trying to be a horror? Oh, it's like horror. psychological horror? I think mm. the description I've seen is folk horror, is the classification. I can see that. Oh, okay. uh, it, it was definitely a movie. That's all I can really say is uh, me and Cody are going to have differing opinions about this movie. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, we kind of were talking about it earlier and we kind of figured that, you know, we're both going to have differing opinions on it. I mean, the concept itself sounds, it definitely, you know, it makes sense. You know, everything that they're trying to do with the movie, I see it. I just didn't like the execution of it. Uh, I feel like it was a little heavy-handed. Uh, a lot of the metaphors were a little bit over, like, just a little too heavy-handed. It came off as a student art project, in my opinion. I, I, I definitely liked, if there's two things I will give the movie, I definitely liked, I think all the performances were pretty well done. I liked all of the... Um, self-proclaimed men they all played different different ideas of the toxic men and uh the the toxic archetypes of guys like Mm -hmm. for example there's a preacher character who tries to be comforting towards uh our main lead because you know her husband killed her killed himself and she insists on instead instead of saying like why what if you just apologized uh or forgave him for hitting you 
uh, and then, you know, he wouldn't have killed himself, right? <sighs> like, there's different archetypes of guys that are all, like, toxic in their own right. Yeah, okay. if you're wondering, that's the reason I wrote, oof. Yeah, that was the biggest... <laughs> I audibly was like, I was, like, literally like, oh boy, and my girlfriend just started dying laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we were like, oh, oh boy, they're going there. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, by the way, mm. this is not a date movie. Do not make the same mistake I did. I mean, if you're into that oh. shit. <laughs> I would be very concerned if you're into that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought, I, I think maybe it might have worked a little better if the men in the village were all played by the same actor who played her husband. But Oh, I wonder if maybe that would have made it too heavy-handed and made it too easy to pin all of it on just this one shitty guy instead of mm. approaching toxic masculinity and toxic male traits as a whole. I, I, I just feel like it was a bit over... Oh, yeah, other things I praised other than the performances. Uh, the music was really good. The music cues were all really good. Mm -hmm. There is such a weird use of sounds to make diegetic music in this movie you're talking and about the tunnel, like right? oh like the like the movie uses like kind of natural sounds of like things hitting things or something no. like that to make the music so there's this scene where our main character uh when she first meets the um one of the characters uh the basically the uh, the monster alert, the monster uh she's in a tunnel she just goes on a walk around her you know the, around the state she finds this little forest, and then there, there's a tunnel, like your, you know, your normal sewer tunnel, basically. And she, mm -hmm. it's really dark, but she goes in there and starts making echoing sounds, like ah, 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 ah. And then take advantage of the echo to layer echoes, so it's ah, ah. And then while that's going, oh. changing it up. That's not the only instance, but it's it's definitely a notable one. Uh, I did write bold of her to make her own horror movie soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cool, though. It's a cool it scene. It's a really cool scene, and the sound design is actually really good in this movie. Like, not even okay. just that. Like, they emphasize the right sounds at right points. I, I, I think that the sound direction was on point. I liked mm -hmm. the uh, cinematography as well. I thought that it was a really well shot. I also liked the locations. Oh, the set design and the scenery is just gorgeous. Yes, it's a very, very good-looking movie. I definitely... Okay. When you think folk horror, this is definitely what I would think of. It's very folksy, very much feels like, you know, uh, this village in the, like, like lost in time. Uh, they don't really set it in a specific place. You know, I know it's outside of London, but they don't really say where it is. Um, oh, okay. It kind of has that feel of, like, you know, this mystique little village that, you know, has some secrets it's hiding. Um, <laughs> it, it, the mythology is there to set up this movie. I just didn't like the execution. I just thought the metaphors were a little too heavy-handed. Me and my girlfriend were rolling our eyes on most of them. And the end has one mm. of the most needless me physical metaphors of, of any movie I've ever seen. I mm. will also say, uh, going off of what you said about the cinematography being good, one thing I did actually notice with this movie is that it's really good at lingering shots. It's yes. good at keeping the camera on something after... All the interesting stuff has ostensibly left the frame, which helps add to that sense of dread. Granted, it might just be because Invisible Man did it so well that it's stuck in my brain. I was brain. gonna say, like, that's, that sounds like what Invisible Man did with a lot of its um, shooting. Yeah, only in this instance you don't know that there's an Invisible Man, so it's like, okay, what's it? Why are we, is something gonna? And it, it does keep the... It's also really good at 
keeping some of the more horrifying stuff in the background, especially yes. at the start. There's a whole bit where uh, functionally the monster is lingering outside of her house in broad daylight, but she keeps turning her back, but you can see him, like, out of focus in the windows, walking across the yard, but always staying out of her sight until all of a sudden he's not. It's just... Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so unnerving. It was. I feel like the cinematography, to me, this is very reminiscent of an old John Carpenter movie. It feels, it has a lot of the same shot composition. Like, uh, that's the kind of stuff that I like about Halloween, which is my current favorite movie of all time, is that lingering horror, the aspect that it's in the background. Uh, that it's not something that, you know, it's it's not in the forefront of the shot. Your your focus is on the characters, not necessarily, like, like, like the horror is lurking in, like, in the background. That's one aspect I did like about the movie. I liked the setup a lot. I liked I liked uh I liked that one scene you're talking about specifically. That was one of the better scenes of the movie. The um, background detail horror is always the worst ones because that's the one that sticks maybe it's just because I'm an anxious paranoid motherfucker, but it always sticks with me and it always has me looking back over my shoulder for days afterward going, "Huh? Hey, nothing. <laughs> what? Nothing." Also, this movie made me realize I have nature anxiety. <laughs> I nature anxiety y- yeah hear me out on this one it's a case of unless it's like you know a park or something I would not be able to just go for a walk in the woods by myself mm. can't do it doesn't matter if there's a path does not matter won't do it because I would just be deathly afraid the entire time that there's something else out there so I would I would need a buddy <laughs> and mm. this movie made me realize that Fair. I don't know. I I genuinely I I don't know. I just felt like some of the metaphors, of the, some of the more tangible metaphors, were a little bit too on the nose and too trying. It just felt like something that I I take back what I said to you earlier. It's not something that Zack Snyder would think up. It's something more that a student art film like like mm. director would think up. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, it's not like well. And then again, when you think about who directed it, this is the director of Ex Machina, right? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Ex Machina, but I I don't know. Like he probably comes from a, a from a like from that kind of a background, and also Annihilation. Which if it comes down between this and Annihilation, I'll take this. This definitely had some same similar vibes as Annihilation, although this was a little bit more, in my opinion, a little bit more obtuse. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I I finally come to the conclusion I'm bad at visual metaphor. As much as I want to be a film snob. I'm decently good at tracking sort of narrative underpinnings in dialogue and in things that happen, but once you start leaning a little too heavily into symbolism rather than actual concrete imagery, that's where I start getting lost. So that's where the end of this movie started losing me a lot, and it's why <laughs> I'll take I'll take the overly obvious obtuse approach over this is more subtle, but also I don't get it. Hmm. But that's just me. Fair. Can we just skip the spoiler so I can just tell him the scene? Yeah, I mean, I guess we. I guess this is. I'll just I'll just label spoilers throughout the whole thing because I feel like this is one of those things. Where... Yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll timestamp it. We could talk about the ending. Yeah. So it does kind of sound like one of those movies where there's no way to like not talk about it without getting into spoilers of some capacity well the ending my dude is one of the most uh uncomfortable uh ridiculous and redundant scenes in my opinion ever put on film okay 
So it starts with the creature, whatever it is, coming back. Okay. And breaks into the house, only it didn't. It was actually a bird. And her landlord, who she's renting the place from, goes to help her investigate, but he's also in on it because he's one of the men played by the same actor. And the creature tries to get in the door again, and there's a mirror between last time when he's reaching into the mail slot, and she grabs a knife and, like, drives it through the thing's arm, but then it proceeds to just yank its arm out of the mail slot anyway, literally splitting its hand in half. Uh, and it stays like that in all of its guises after that. Like, because it keeps showing back up as people who were giving her a hard time throughout the throughout the village. But it's still keeping that split hand, and it's a good way to track the damage he's doing to it, as you can see it resonate across all of this thing's forms. And then, she it looks like she's managed to beat it, and she starts driving away, only to hit her landlord, Jeffrey, who it turns out is also in on it, and he ends up Hurting her back to the house by stealing her car and trying to run her over with it. Ends up taking true form as the creature, which then proceeds to birth the... Uh, what? One of the guys who was originally <laughs> harassing her who starts approaching. It's basically like I, a bunch of dudes I'm sorry, giving birth you... to other dudes in a very mutilatory, grotesque fashion. So that one episode of the Cosby show that gave me nightmares as a kid. What? Much more graphic. <laughs> there was a weird episode of the Cosby show where guys could get pregnant, and they did. And they birthed it like a sandwich in a boat and something else, I think. So, the thing is, is this scene, they multiple guys birth, both, like birth multiple guys, rather than I, what I feel would have been more symbolic if it was just the monster birthing the abuser, the husband. Uh, and hmm. leaving it at that, instead of, uh, you know, having it go prolonged into this body horror scene for just no reason, because I felt like it was just there to be there. I don't know, the movie definitely says things, you know, also it uses my- it, <laughs> The movie says it things. It uses one of my favorite Rachmaninoff pieces, one of my favorite uh, piano pieces, partway okay. through the movie in a very interesting way. But, like, the, the metaphors and, and, you know, uh, and what they're trying to put out just to me come off as more more of, like, a student art film than, you know, a, a major studio picture. Or, not, it's not a major studio picture, but, uh, rather than something that I'd see in theaters, I'd rather, I would, I would, rather, I would rather, like, think that I would see something like this in, like, I don't know, a college film school. I think this kind of ties into what I said before, and I tried looking up some answers, but I guess some of the ambiguity is intentional so that people can draw their own conclusions and take away what they want to take away from it. I think the reason why it was a chain instead of just, oh, yep, from this monster springs the abusive ex-dead husband, because it does that at the end. But I think the idea is that all of these village guys are capable of inflicting harm to various extents, intentionally or otherwise, and them all springing from this monster is supposed to represent that culminating in the bad guy, or the not the bad guy, in the selfish ex-husband, who ultimately says all he wants is her love. And <laughs> we don't get an answer, but then there's an ending scene where her friend who was going to come get her away from the place pulls up, and all the damage from the house is, that was done during the fight is there. Like, her car is wrecked, there's, she's still covered in blood, 
but she smiles and it looks like she's alive, so I guess she figured out how to make peace with whatever the fuck was haunting her. So, I think the idea is to expressly not pin it all on the husband. And that's why it huh. doesn't just stop with him. Now, okay. and I think that's also why they didn't have all the... Because there's only four actors in this movie. As far... Wait, five, because there's also the police lady. But there's the main mm. girl, her friend, most of the men, the husband, and the police lady. I actually didn't recognize that. I thought that they were all different guys. I did not pay attention to that. No, they're all the same guy, uh, except for the husband. Even the kid? Yes. Wow. It's Rory what? it's Rory Kinnear's face imposed on a kid body. Oh, that's weird. Oh god. Yeah, it was very disturbing. Okay, Jesus. That's Ooh. why I wrote stop with the SCP Matryoshka bullshit. <laughs> Just people inside of people. So I think that was the point, or at least that's the interpretation I'm choosing to take away from it, which yeah, fine. Like I I would take it more as a more offensive condemnation of our entire gender, but since it was directed by Alex Garland, either it literally mm-hmm. cannot be an indictment of our entire gender, or it is, in which case that also includes Alex Garland, in which case, who cares what he thinks? Is Alex Garland a known asshole? No, I'm just saying, if he's including himself oh, okay. in that condemnation, that means he is implying he is an asshole. In which case, who cares? This movie made my head hurt in a non-good way. <laughs> Honestly, it kind of spun mine in a decently good one. I'm glad I saw it. Mm. I mean, it's definitely a deep movie, that's for sure. I thought you said uh, no. But... You were very emphatic, don't do it. No, that's what I'm saying, don't do it, but it's, ah. uh, it was definitely an experience. Uh, also, by the, by the way, the scene where the men started, bur- started burping uh, the, the, the other men, four people walked out of my theater and it was pretty funny. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah. I bet. I can't wait to watch the Cronenberg movie in theaters and see how Ooh. many people walk out of that one. I hope that one gets mm. a wide release. It better. Yeah, I don't know. I huh. thought this was relatively fine. It's It does get a bit hard to parse there at the end, but that just... I mean, it, it sounds like that was part of the point. Mm-hmm. So, hard to tell. I'm gonna give this movie a watch if you... cautious Cautiously watch it if you dare. Yeah, that's fair. It's not for sounds everyone, that's right. for sure. I'm certainly never putting it on the movie night list. <laughs> no. Holy crap, that would be interesting to see everyone's reaction to that movie. Well, we we watched Ex Machina before for movie night, and it did not necessarily get the most positive reception. No. That being said, I think uh, that's all I can really say about the movie, because I'm more or less just, uh, yeah, that was a movie. I just can't, can't unsee the birthing scene ever again. Yeah, that's gonna... <laughs> especially, like, one of the last ones where... The where where the guy's his... feet are coming out of his mouth. Yep, that was really bad. Oh, all right, cool. That that kind of confirmed it to me. That sounds like one of those. Um, ah, uh, what was the what was the name of the movie where like the last of society is on this train that just goes around Snow the world? Piercer. When they showed the scene of like how the protein bars are made, yeah. that was a scene where it's like I could have literally gone <laughs> my entire life without seeing that. Like, I would have been cool never, ever seeing that. So, fair. <laughs> that sounds like this movie. <laughs> I think I might yeah, keep fair. using a blue pen for notes. This seems like it's much easier to read. <laughs> but uh, that being said, uh, I think that's the podcast, right? Yeah, that about wraps that up. I would up. say so. So, mm. if you stuck around this long to this rambling episode, thank you very God much. God bless you. 
Hopefully it's not too terrible at edit. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Next week, <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, and also episode one of Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Indeed. That comes, that comes out... out this Friday. I will have to watch oh, that. Okay. Oh, wait, it's the first I... two episodes, because they pushed it back a little bit, and then said, but, ep- but two episodes are coming out. Hey, hello there. It's going to be the Obi-Wan double special. I will have to find some way to watch that. Uh, anyway, uh, goodbye there. Thanks for watching, everybody. Make sure to... Like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah. And also and, share and, it. Or follow if you're on notifications. Tell us what we, what, yes. uh, what kind of topics you want us to talk about during our discussions. Cause, or uh, don't, because if the trailer pace keeps up, we might just cut that segment entirely. <laughs> yeah. The trailers are getting kind of, kind of long. Yeah. They are. They're getting a bit nutty. So, yeah, we'll see. Sure. But... In any case, good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Goodbye, everybody. everybody. Have a great. Have a good night. Have a good time. <laughs> that was an ending. That was indeed an ending.